All right. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Thank you for joining, everyone. This is the Muslim American Society podcast. Uh, I am joined by my dear brother and and uh, you know mentor, someone who I have a great appreciation for. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you joining us today, uh, Brother Hossam al-Jabri. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. How are things going? Excellent. I think I haven't been uh, so hyped up uh, in a number of years. There is nothing like a crisis to uh, wake the believer up. So I, 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 th- I feel I'm awakened. And I, I feel it as well. And I think um, we have an opportunity here and some of the things that we'll be able to discuss, hopefully to, to express why uh, we're feeling that way. And I, today in particular, I think we're coming together to have a conversation around this new mass project called Project 100. Um, so maybe tell me a little bit about uh, the, the, the days leading up to um, this project, this idea that, uh, that came about. You know, what, what were some of the things you were noticing um, and why did you think this was an important project? And again, this, is, this Project 100 is a new project. It's being kicked off. Um, it's a four-week concentrated program, high-level intellectual engagement, and deep spiritual exploration, uh, centered around two particular themes, Islam and the modern worldview, and probing the depths of Sira, as what with Dr. Sharif al Tobki and Dr. Wada Hamza, respectively. And I'll have the link in the description so everyone can read more about the project, learn about the application dates, and understand more of the details. But let's get a little bit of a, a deeper sense, maybe. What was going through your mind, uh, Brother Hassan, and why did you think this is an important project for us today? Well, I, th- I think that there are actually two dimensions to this aspect. I think there is one dimension that, in fact, mass, uh, as our mission is about moving people, and as we're always thinking about how can we prepare uh, you know, strong leaders that can uh, with courage, with conviction, with passion, with knowledge, with moderation, move the Muslim community, uh, present Islam in the best way in the Muslim community as well as to the outside world. Uh, th- this is really what we're about. So in, in some sense, the idea behind Project 100 of getting some of the uh, active, knowledgeable, serious young people who are waiting to uh, find their mission in life to bring them together in a forum so that we can learn together, so that we can grow together, so that we can synergize with everything that's happening uh, in our minds and be able to find opportunities to uh, give back and contribute. And in fact, just make Allah proud of us. I think this has been on the table for a very long time in mass. And every mass chapter does this on their own locality. In Boston, for example, we've been for the past 20 years, we've been having a a retreat every year for the top uh, 100 college students in Boston. All the MSA leaders, they come in, they get refreshed, they get to meet each other, know each other, exchange ideas. They go back rejuvenated in order to contribute to their MSAs. And, and I think right now the, 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 we have an opportunity to do this on a national level uh, because of the fact that now, uh, you know, life presented us with a very, you know, big hardship that we cannot meet physically but with that hardship came, came an opportunity that everybody is, is finding it possible to think and meet and do stuff virtually. And so we can do a program as such 
where we can bring uh, a lot of very serious, intelligent young people together mm -hmm. to learn from each other as such and learn from other mentors uh, and, and really find the existential question, what should I do with my life that is aligned with Islam and that makes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala proud of me and makes me happy after 40, 50 years of what I have done to contribute on this earth. Uh, we can now bring these people together on that virtual platform and, and grow in that direction. That's why we're, uh, you know, unlike, you know, 99% of programs, like everybody now is opening uh, programs, just come in, it's free, sign up, here's the Zoom link, just do it, uh, the Nike way. And we're also <laughs> doing this as mass. But this program in particular, there is an application. And you don't know how many people called me and said, brother, this is a long application. Can we just simplify it? No, because if you're not going to be able to put the half hour to an hour that it's going to take you to answer some of these questions, I doubt that you're serious enough to actually benefit uh, from the program. And not everybody that's going to apply is necessarily going to be accepted. You have to show a certain maturity, a certain depth, a certain real interest to engage in the program rather than just to be in an audit mode because the eventual result is going to be how can you seriously change your life and then how can we together change the world? Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. I think, I think that's something different that I haven't experienced before. Um, I recall back in college when we were always trying to find engaging uh, you know, books or engaging speakers to address these issues. Um, and many times, you know, there are different angles and different perspectives that people bring um, to this subject, but it's the retreats and these other opportunities to really, uh, you know, kind of expand your ability to think about these subjects as well as address them. But to be honest, uh, you know, I just had a conversation with Dr. Sharif Oktoki. Um, I was very, you know, impressed and actually made a very strong impression on me. I think that the work that he's doing, I'm very fascinated by his book. I, I purchased it and ha don't have a chance, haven't had a chance to read it yet. But this particular, you know, subject that he's addressing, as well as the subject that I, I believe Dr. Wad Hamza will address, um, in terms of you know uh, lessons from the Sita. But uh, but Islam in the in the the modern worldview, you know, I, I'm noticing that these subjects uh, are not often engaged with enough for the public audience. And I do like the fact that this program is not just kind of a lightweight version. Come here, we'll tell you some information that you can sort of take notes or take slides from and feel good about. It's not just about, you know, being inspired or motivated and then walking away, not necessarily changing anything about your own life and your own actions. I'm imagining, you know, the, the components of this program require someone to be, like you said, a little more committed, a little more serious about it. So maybe help me understand, right? Like we have we have high school age, mature high school age students. We have obviously, you know, students in college right now that uh, should have, I hope, a little bit more time since they're taking classes from home. We have young professionals who are in the workplace. Uh, many of them, if they have the opportunity, uh, might still be working from home. So they don't have that commute time anymore. Um, tell me about the audience that you think this program should attract. If you're listening and you think uh, um, this program is for you or isn't for you, what do you think is the right audience? So one of the things that uh, makes me very, um, you know, kind of I, I believe in the program as it's put together is that we've seen it 
or different components of it uh, deliver real results in, uh, in, a, in a large number of people. So, for example, I have personally witnessed through the past uh, three years uh, Dr. Sharif delivering part of this program that we are uh, talking about today, about Islam and modernity mm-hmm. and the modern worldview, and really change the perspective and the paradigm and the ability and the, and the belief of many young people who are, uh, you know, very passionate about Islam, but find themselves, as we often do, as believing Muslims, as people who love Islam and are really committed to Islam, we find that we just cannot articulate what Islam is about in a meaningful way to the outside world. And mm-hmm. we find that we're struggling to put forth what Islam believes about many of the things that's happening around us, whether it's political or social or economic. And we're, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're struggling with that piece, even though we believe in it, but we cannot articulate it to maybe other Muslims sometimes who have questions about it or even to non-Muslims. But I, I have seen how this program in a short period of time transforms a person's ability to not only just believe in Islam, but also feel comfortable about where it stands vis-a-vis some of the hot topics that the world is experiencing right now regarding, uh, you know, climate change, regarding other faith, regarding LGBT, regarding uh, democracy, regarding, uh, you know, the political process, regarding uh, you know, interfaith dialogue regarding a lot of things that are put uh, in, in, in front of us right now. Uh, so I think the best person who's going to benefit from this is a person who has considered and struggled with these questions. A person who hasn't necessarily like struggled with it, it might kind of be hit by too much in the beginning. That's why we are really recommending this for people, for example, who have at least read the Quran once, at least read the seerah once, so that when they come in and then they dig in the seerah, they have the background, and now we're going to take the seerah into a whole other level of really trying to and actually, uh, you know, getting some gems and pearls from the depth of the seerah uh, as one component, and then the other component about Islam and modernity. And then the third component that I believe is very much needed these days is the personal connection. Because what I am finding in a lot of the young people that, you know, that, that I am working with and, and others around us is that they are getting to the point now where it's becoming like over flooding of lectures. And in the beginning, they were so excited. Oh, my God, all these people, all these lectures, 500, you know, Friday khutbas at the same time. Which one do I go to? Let me record one and come back to it. But now there is, oh, wait a second. This is like I'm getting inf- information overload. And this program is going to allow a personal touch, which Mass has done very, very well with the halaqa, with the usra, with the connect, where people are really going to connect one-on-one in separate uh, uh, groups so that they can establish that personal connection and grow together. I like that. And thank you for clarifying that. This is part of the program. Um, I'm trying to capture these different dimensions of the program. I like that you, you talked about some of the things people can benefit from it. And I'll come back to that uh, in the end as well. But when you talk about um, the, the format of this program, why did you include, why, why did we include and why did you have the idea and the team have the idea 
to include this component of connecting one-on-one or having these breakout sessions? Why not just, you know, publish the lectures from these uh, professors and, and, uh, and provide it for people to listen to? Yeah. So what, this is one of the, I think, critical experience that I have seen, uh, you know, through my experience with mass and working with young people in particular and young professionals, 90% of the growth and the maturity happens when you are personally engaged and giving of yourself rather than just receiving information. So when you just receive information, there is a certain amount of change that is possible and a certain amount of like information retention that happens. But then when you're put in a situation where you are discussing and convincing and asked to give your view in a small forum and you're not only learning, but you're also teaching, you're also answering questions within a small group of people, then the amount of growth that can happen can be much, much faster and much bigger. So that's one component of the small uh, groups. But then the other component is just the personal touch that you feel uh, you know, that you are developing a human connection with the people that you're with. Because Islam is not just about knowledge. And that's why Allah, like, uh, he debated and he, uh, like, he argued يعني, in, in a positive way with the people who said, why, why didn't Allah just reveal a book? Allah told them, no, I can't just reveal a book. It's not just about the Quran, but it's about seeing a model. It's about living as part of a community. It's about struggling together in order to do this. I often give that example to, uh, you know, for for people who are trying to, let's say, compare the halaqa and the usra in particular, not just the halaqa, but the usra in particular, with other modes of learning, such as listening to a really good lecture. And I tell them, Imagine like these kids are like MIT and Harvard and they work them like, you know, like horses in these places. I tell them, imagine if your education was here are the most awesome, you know, 1000 YouTube lectures that if you hear you are going to become the top doctor in the world. And you're just sitting in front of your computer hearing these. Do you think you're ever going to be able to get to where you are? you know, compared to when you are in a class, you're engaged in projects, you're working in teams, you're delivering something together, you're learning how to work with people and you're, you know, struggling to make things happen? Of course not. And so that's, I think, the opportunity that we, that happens usually in the very small forums uh, in mass. And that's what we're trying to kind of grow the bandwidth in Project 100 and also the ones after it, because Project, Project 100 is like four weeks. There will definitely be other things after it, but we want to have a strong start, inshallah. Excellent. And this is something um, just after having this short conversation, I've heard about this and I've experienced this. So I'm excited to hear what uh, you know, Dr. Wad Hamza's particular uh, sections are about. I've read some of his works from a while now, for a while now, but in particular, the idea that there is something more to the Sita than knowing information, that there's something more to the Quran than knowing the information. This, I think, is a critical idea that, that we hope that more people and we ourselves can be a part of and more people can join us in this conversation, um, can join us in, the, in participating in this experience together. Um, I can't stress enough how much the USRA program in mass impacted my life. The opportunity, 
from an intellectual perspective. Uh, there's a brotherhood component. There's a, you know, the spiritual dynamics of it. There is uh, a number of areas where it has a significant impact. But in particular, the, the intellectual component was very powerful. It was the first time I was really asked, what is your, uh, you know, perspective? What is your reflection on this ayah or on this subject? And it also was a way to engage beyond a reading book club. So oftentimes we have book clubs, we read material, we discuss it. But the intention is not to ask yourself, how do, we, how do I change my life based on this information? Uh, what can I do differently? How can I convey this information to someone else? How do I engage someone else in this conversation? And that was the first time I was really challenged. And I'm looking forward to this particular program because it has, I haven't been to this session with Dr. Sharif yet, haven't been to this section with Dr. Wale Hamza yet. But if I am understanding correctly, especially after my conversation with Dr. Sharif, I'm not going to show up just to get answers. You know, it's not a session on here are the 10 major, you know, worldviews and here is how Islam is different than them. It's not a matter of here are the 10 hot button issues and here is your short answer of why uh, or what little soundbite you can give in order to explain in an argument on social media or an argument with someone about why you're right and why they're wrong. It's actually, you know, if, if I understood him correctly, it's, it's diving deeper to understand the subject matter from a more broad perspective, um, as well as really to understand how to understand these conversations and how to approach these conversations. So really you'll be walking away with a set of tools that you can then apply. So you don't have to sit forever and, and it, it maybe it reminds me a little bit about the method of, let's say, uh, Imam Abu Hanifa or his students, they derived from, you know, his, his rulings, uh, the, the system and the methodology uh, of what became, you know, the, the Hanafi uh, school of thought. And it's, it's rich in our history. The examples that he that I spoke to him a little bit about on the book that he's publishing um, for or that he has published that's available right now titled Ibn Taymiyyah on Reason and Revelation. We have so many beautiful examples, Ibn Taymiyyah, Al-Ghazali, and countless others, uh, and we haven't really explored their world and their, their inf they, why they articulated the message the way that they did, why, why they were presenting uh, the Islamic perspective and the view that comes from the Quran and the Sunnah. So I personally, I'm excited about that. I'm wondering for you, Hassam, um, is there something, is there, was there a time in your life when you, when you sort of recognized this transition was, was important? Was there an experience in your life that you had uh, that brought you to, you know, some of these subjects and, and really trying to dive into um, how to articulate Islam and, and our perspective on these different areas? Um. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I certainly had uh, a number of, uh, of of kind of key transition points in my life that I remember. And they, you know, every every decade or every five years, it kind of takes a different turn. But if I go back, uh, you know, I think when I'm when I'm younger, uh, I remember passing passing through a phase where Islam was, you know, completely um, not not a factor in my life and then kind of being reawakened uh, and uh, that was probably in high school where, where Islam was a very, very important factor, uh, but it was only from a spiritual perspective. So I was doing a lot of spiritual acts, but intellectually, there was absolutely no 
um, no meaning to engage with Islam at an intellectual level. Then I went to college and I was hit with the barrage of, of bombardments with kind of the intellectual um, uh, you know, challenges. And, and I, I really couldn't answer them. And I felt very, very weak. And I was questioning my faith, questioning myself, saying, you know, how, how did that happen? I thought that I was very, very strong in my faith. I was felt very close to God, to Allah. And that took me like two, three years of reading and, and almost like being on the border of, you know, I hate to say like disbelief, like I stopped praying for a while. Uh, and and engage and you know engage with people who are atheists and people of other faith, uh, and then I kind of uh, passed that hurdle and and I'm glad that that challenge was there because I think it gave me the intellectual component that I believe is very important to have both the spiritual and the intellectual. But then I was faced with another question for the next almost seven years. Now what do I do with my life? Like, okay, I really believe in Allah. I'm very passionate about Islam. I love everything that I'm doing. But then what? So what What? What do you want from me? And I was exposed, you know, given that was a couple of decades ago, but I was exposed of the different, um, you know, kind of paradigms that how you can engage as a practicing Muslim uh, and the different ideologies, the different groups that are that were out there at that time. And I really struggled because I felt every one of them had something really good that they were offering and i was the kind of well let me just work with all of them and i started to do that for like four or five years i would just be around everybody who was doing anything good and that was a really exciting time i grew from the time but then after a while i i kind of felt you know i'm a little selfish because i'm like i'm just using all of these people but i'm not focused i'm not i'm not part of anything that's just like being focused in making a difference. And I felt that I can do more uh, with my life. And that's when I was kind of introduced to mass. And it took me a while to kind of really agree to completely, uh, you know, um, you know, kind of embrace everything in mass. Uh, and, and like there was a part of a youthful energy in me that was just hoping that mass can be a little more extreme in everything that they do. But eventually... You know, you need that moderation in order to sustain things in the long run. Uh, because if you just take one aspect of Islam and overdo it, after a number of years, you get tired because you need, like, you need a healthy meal. And a healthy diet means that you have some fruits and you have some, you know, some of this and some of that. And that's what Islam is about. And I believe that that's what mass, you know, gives. And even then within mass, I grew every five years every decade there is kind of a new paradigm that that i adopt uh but i think that's kind of the the journey that we're all asked to uh, to do in our life that that makes a lot of sense and and i really appreciate this conversation i think there's um there's a lot more to unpack here and uh i hope that this is just the start of many conversations i know you and i have been trying to get uh um, get some of our conversations recorded. So inshallah, this is the first of many. Um, I believe there's there's room here. And I've seen this from, or I heard, you know, I read about the fact that, you know, the, the, the Islamic movement over time has always had this level of, uh, like a high level of intellectual discourse. And that to me, I think is not something, uh, it's not something unique 
but it's something part of every meaningful movement. Any movement that you have is not just about the actions that people take, but it's built on the, the intellectual foundation. And of course, naturally, ours is rooted in the Quran and the Sunnah itself. And I think when we, as I learned about this, I learned it of uh, something incredible, which which is often years ago, it it, uh, it kind of really expanded my mind significantly, uh, especially the ayah that said, or part of an ayah that says, فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا That Allah is telling us, certainly know, you know, have knowledge that there is none other uh, worthy of worship except Allah. And so that to me sort of shifted. And of course, we hear about the Iqra, we hear about this being the first calling to the Prophet wasallam. We see the examples of the Sahaba, an example of the, the generations of those that came before us. And often we're sitting here kind of pointing to the past and, and sort of, it seems like it's it's somewhat of a, uh, there is an, a, not a nostalgia, but there is something of a, uh, look at the great accomplishments of the people before us. We are in the same boat with them. And yet the truth is, we're not in the same boat with them if we don't try to achieve in the same way that they tried to achieve. And so for me personally, I think this is a really important starting point uh, for myself and many others to be able to, to, to really impact the quote-unquote intellectual discourse of the society that we live in today. It's, um, I think I have heard from many people, and I've had this frustration with myself for a long time, uh, that there is so much discussion about the, the vast expanse of thinking and knowledge and reasoning that occurs from a secular perspective, from even the atheist community or the agnostic community, et cetera. And often they are misrepresenting at best or at worst, you know, outright lying about information that exists uh, from the Islamic understanding, which, you know, I, I have no, I'm not shy at all to say that is, it is the reality of the world that we live in. And so that reality, I want to be able to fully understand and grasp myself, recognize kind of where I fit into my, uh, into, into the background of ideas that I have and why I have them and be able to come together and express that in a more thoughtful way, a more meaningful way. And I hope that it's an opportunity also to open the door for, for additional conversations with people among my peers and friends and family um, in a way that will, will benefit them. So personally, I'm really excited about this. I like the format of it. I think it's going to be a unique opportunity since we're all in this kind of uh, wonky at best time. And uh, there's a lot for us to benefit from. So I'm looking forward to applying. I know I have a lot of people that I've spoken to that are applying as well. There is a cap at 100 people, and we'll we'll figure out you know how how well this works, and we'll adjust. And like you said, this is the beginning of this project, and not necessarily a one-off event um, where people will go off and, and no longer stay connected. So, Hussam, if you have some final thoughts or words uh, that you'd like to share with the audience. Um, maybe I'll just say that uh, I think every one of us should really look at what happened in the world today. And I know each one of us is kind of staying home and very focused on very personal things at home and our, our own personal dynamics. But if you just imagine that the entire world is affected by this phenomena and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused this, this is 
time for us as individuals and for the believers in particular to rethink what is our life about? What have we done that is good? And let's keep more of that. What have we done that is not good? And let us correct that. What do we need to do more of? What do we need to do in order to make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more pleased of us? If we as believers don't step into that question with a lot of passion and a lot of desire, then how can we expect the world to change? Because the, the reality is what's going to save and protect the world is not just finding a vaccine, even though that is certainly part of it. It's not just washing our hands, even though that is part of it, but it's also washing our sins. And it's also not, it's also finding the right place of Allah and finding the right place of God and the Quran in our life as individuals and as humanity. But humanity cannot do that without the believers stepping in and leading the way in doing that. I hope that everybody can leverage this. I think uh, specifically projects uh, like Project 100 is going to propel people in that direction and help them achieve that. And we're looking for people who are motivated to uh, search for answers regarding that to join us, inshallah. Jazakallah khair. Again, it was a real pleasure. I'm looking forward to this continued conversation even beyond this project. Um, there's a lot more that we'll be discussing together. Thank you, everyone, uh, for joining us. Share this with your friends, with your family, with your community. Um, it's all available across all the podcasting platforms, and we'd love to hear your feedback. We have uh, op opportunities for you to communicate with us on the Anchor site, and we'll also have you know an email and social media way. You can connect with Muslim American Society um, through our social media channels as well. Again, Jazakallah khair, Brother Hassan. And we will stay in touch. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.